Welcome to Lab Sessions. I'm Zach Elliott. I love people, and I get to learn from some of the best. This show gives me a chance to invite you to join me in pursuit of more life and more beauty. Here's to that pursuit and to the conversations ahead. Hey, welcome to Lab Sessions. I'm so grateful that you're with us. It is mid-June in 2020. And right now, if we are being honest, we're tired. In fact, this morning, I received a text from a friend of mine who's a former Marine, and he's now a counselor providing care to other veterans. And his text, his text to me simply said, I've grown weary. That was it, three words. And we're doing the best, I think, in that moment, in that space of being weary. We're doing our best to listen and to learn and to lean into this moment with the best of our hearts and our minds. But we can't ignore that there's a heaviness right now, especially here in America. And that's it's just real. It's it's persistent. It's there evening and morning. It's with us. And it's unique that we're experiencing it all together. There's really not a space that isn't feeling it. And albeit that we're feeling it in different ways and at different levels, we're sharing it together. Well, our conversation today isn't blind to that heaviness. Uh, in fact, it's actually why I'm so excited to share this moment with you. And maybe we can think of it this way. Like so many of you, I have felt a similar heaviness at different times in my life. For me, I felt it really walking the hallways of hospitals where I've been waiting and praying and navigating that strange flood of fear and doubt and faith. And my mind goes back to those times and places. And I remember at some of the heaviest moments where I was in those spaces, I would just walk outside, maybe even just to the parking structure to bring in a suitcase or make up a reason to walk outside so I could take a breath. And in those moments, not even intentionally, but almost instinctively, something would cause me to look up. And when you do, even again, between buildings, you can look up, you can see the stars, and for a second you can breathe and you can feel that weight lift just a bit. That's my hope for this conversation, that that weight that we're all sharing together can lift for just a bit, just a moment, and that we can share that lift together. And I honestly don't think that there's anyone in the world who can meet us in this space with more kindness and grace, with with a care and a generosity to just take a minute to look up with us and to feel that weight lift with us than my next guest. Ryan O'Neill is a husband, he's a father, an artist who's already shared some of life's most powerful moments with us, with many of us, through the music of Sleeping at Last. His art really gives voice to the deepest parts of the human experience and has the power to carry our imaginations to the furthest edges of creation. Ryan, what a gift to have some time with you. Thank you for giving up some time and sharing some space with us. Oh my gosh, seriously, thank you so much for such kind words. I am, I'm deeply honored and so excited to talk. Yeah, well, it's been, we've been going back and forth a bit for a few weeks about getting together and finding space, and it felt like every bit of the, every single week there was more to talk about or more to navigate through, but back in yeah. May, I found my way to Astronomy Volume 1. I think something prompted, maybe it was on Instagram, I saw something, and I went straight to it, and I was in that heavy space. And I, I just started listening. And literally, I've been listening ever since. And 
And it created space for, like I said, my mind to kind of just drift upward and to transcend a bit of the weight that I had been feeling. And the album is just beautiful. And so I want to talk about that. We'll get into some other stuff. But I thought maybe you could tell us a bit of the story behind Astronomy Volume 1, that project. And then for people who have heard kind of navigating your musical world and the catalog, where does it fit into the larger body of work? Yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to. Um, so Atlas, Atlas is a project that I've been working on for a real long time. It is not the astronomy series. Um, Atlas is uh, kind of these vocal songs that are this large overview, um, all thematic songs, these, these kind of series of music. And as part of the, the first chapter of that, I, I did songs called Space. And so I did a song for each of the, the planets in the solar system. And so that was many, many years ago. And I found myself really sad that I was done writing space songs. And so that's kind of that kind of gave birth to uh, to this astronomy series. And the heart behind astronomy is that it's primarily instrumental music. I kind of think of it as these scores or these soundtracks to uh, these uh, beautiful events that are happening in the the universe around us. So each song is is titled after the, the, the event date that the song is about. So it started with the, uh, the total solar eclipse um, a couple of years back now. And, uh, and I just have been kind of tracking the, the astronomical calendar and just trying to, trying to anything that kind of, you know, piques my interest in, in, in the, in the greater universe. I, I try to write a little piece of music for it. And so this has kind of accumulated into this astronomy volume one series and, uh, or this album. And, um, it's one of my, one of my absolute favorite things to get to do. I, I, I'm a singer songwriter. So the majority of the, the work that I do is, is lyric based and is, uh, uh, my, my voice is a big part of what I do. And so this is, this is purely, a it's kind of like a musical escape for me too because <laughs> i love not only am i just personally super enthusiastic about all things astronomy but i i uh even taking a break from my voice in these songs to just write something that i feel in that exact moment um and and usually because of the the nature of you know dating these songs in the title uh, i have to work on them pretty quickly because there's a lot of events in space that are either you know just a, just kind of happening, or these discoveries are just kind of unfolding, and so I, I it kind of has this quick pace to it too. So I'm I'm working on these songs for you know a few days at a time, and it's just is really fun. It's like a it, that's the best way to say it. It's just a fun escape for me, in uh, which which is kind of funny to say because I actually love making music. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do. But even even in the you know the the stress of writing songs, this, this somehow is like a, a therapeutic series for me. Yeah. Well, the, even just the way that you're describing the creative process and the difference between the singer songwriter, um, process and then the, the more playful side, the more curious side of this project, it's, there's something even about the looking up and looking into space, Space that that makes you feel like a kid. I remember my parents live in the high desert out in Oregon, and a couple summers ago, yeah. we, we brought a telescope with us on the plane and actually set it up on the back porch. And oh, we, so cool! It was the first time the kids on a totally clear night were all gathered around that microscope, and they peered in and to watch their faces when they would look down at that little you know through the telescope, and they would make contact with the moon. And their faces oh, would just wow. light up. And it has that effect. Was this, 
Was your childhood, like, was your room as a kid, did you have stars on the ceiling and, you know, I definitely had quite a few glow-in-the-dark stars on the ceiling. (laughs) And I I did, it's funny, I I, I loved space as a kid, but I never, I think I had a mild curiosity around, like, telescopes and things like that of actually observing. (laughs) I feel like my my appreciation for, for most things space came probably as like a late teenager through till now. And I think it's, it's kind of ramping up the older I get. I'm just like, wait, no, that is actually magic. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's, this isn't just something we can look at a picture on the internet. It is uh, that's, you get to look through a telescope and see it's, it's, a, it's, it feels like magic to me. So yeah. Um, and that, that, that curiosity is, is more on fire now than even as a kid. Well, and it's, it's cool because as, as we get older and we have kids now, it's yeah. amazing. We have more access to data. We can see pictures. We can see just incredible things um, that are being shared now. And our curiosity, we can curate that experience, and now we can share it with our kids, which is pretty Yes. Pretty special. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It really is. I, I, uh, I heard Father Richard Rohr say at one point a few years back, uh, that how important it is for for children to see their their parents in a state of reverence, mm-hmm. and I I love that idea. And the, the first the first uh, image that I had in my head was the this this excitement I had to to sit around a telescope with my with my girls and, and show them show them the universe. I feel like that awe in me is uh, is the reverence that I can share with them. And so I've been kind of. These astronomy songs kind of fit into, uh, into this constant aim for me to to express reverence, to display reverence for my children. Yeah, well, you're speaking my language now. Dear to my heart is that that gift that Roar touched on that that we would actually share with our kids the idea that we are creatures and that we're in relationship to this creator who made this world and that, that the yep. awe, the reverence, the magic, as you say, would come back and that they could see the weight of that in our lives and yet mm-hmm. experience the joy of that childlike joy. And Albert Einstein said, the pursuit of truth and beauty is a sphere of activity in which we're permitted to remain children all our lives. I love that. Oh, wow. Yeah, the pursuit yeah, of truth and, truth and beauty is a sphere of activity in which we are permitted to remain children all our lives. It's through, so good. Yeah, throughout the, the album, throughout astronomy, this project, there are just moments, li- these little moments that make you smile, that you really did capture what happens as you look up and you'll be like, wow, a star just like winked at me, I think, or something, you know, just <laughs> that's what this heavens kind of do. It makes you smile yeah, with that childlike wonder. Absolutely. What kind of research were you doing as you did the project and as you created, and did you feel that like kid-like thing again as you started to connect with those things? And I guess I really did, did. Yeah. Yeah. The follow-up would be, how did you make the choices then to be like, I'm going to hang this here because that's just, it sounds like space. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I did, I did it at every event. So I've been kind of keeping this little secret calendar, watching these astronomical uh, schedules. Cause there's, you know, there's, there is predictable things like, uh, like meteor showers and, and certain eclipses and things like that, that, uh, that are, that I can actually kind of plan around. But one of the most exciting things is just as soon as something is happening, like uh, um, the discovery of the, the first image of a black hole, uh, like all those types of things, because the, the criteria that I have for writing each of these pieces of music is that it has to be 
an observable event or discovery. And so when that stuff happens, I dive in pretty deep, pretty quickly into uh, every article, every image that I can get my hands on. And then it kind of informs, you know, whether it's the length of the piece of music, the tone, the key even sometimes, or even um, one of my favorite parts of this, uh, this volume one of astronomy was getting to do a piece of music for the, the grand finale of the Cassini mm-hmm. spacecraft. Mm-hmm. And I actually got to do that in partnership with NASA and JPL, which ended up being a really special moment. So when they actually sent the, the, the final commands to, to Cassini and it, it was finally turned off um, and uh, it kind of served its, its life and all the discoveries it was going to send back to us. Um, I got to be at JPL and, and um, kind of watch, observe the, the folks that had poured their life into, into this machine, um, kind of say goodbye to their, their work or, or maybe a better way to say this, to, to say thank you wow. <laughs> to this, this, uh, this incredible project they've been working on. So I had lots and lots of really fun experiences and, and just uh, deep dives of, of research that I, like for example i the, the first image of a black hole um i, I found a somebody created an instrument where you can run an, a picture through and it will create a sound based on a picture and it sounds pretty much like distortion or like it's a pretty wild you know it converts converts images to sound and it's it's not very musical but i knew that that's what since this is a you know going to be a song about the first image of a black hole i had to had to <laughs> how to use the image somehow and how do you how do you put a visual to uh to something that you're hearing and um so that felt like the right way to do it so there's a little little pieces like that that i just i just really love playing around with um and i just wanted to feel uh i i, I really do pretend like i'm john williams here mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, scoring scoring these these moments in space and uh i, I really do picture them as all right if i'm standing there watching the the total solar eclipse happen what would that sound like Mm -hmm. and so i go back to the the drawing board and for some reason that felt like choral music and so i recorded a choir and uh um and that was actually a really special piece to write too because i i pre you know i pre-recorded imagining what this eclipse was going to feel and sound like and then i also got to drive to where uh it had the uh, the, the full eclipse, like the, the totality, um, and observe the eclipse with, uh, and a friend of mine brought like, <laughs> he listened to it as like the exact length. So, um, uh, the longest point of the eclipse was going to be, I can't remember the exact length, but it was, that's, that's what I chose to, uh, I made the song at, the, at that exact length. So it was really fun to have him, have him like press play at the exact moment. Oh, wow. It's completely covered. And then it ended the second that it returned. And so little, little things like that have just been really, really just, it just makes my, uh, you know, it makes me smile. Yeah. <laughs> I just love, I love pretending that I get to be a film composer for space. <laughs> Nobody hired me, yeah. but. Well, <laughs> NASA kind of did. That's weird. Who, they sort of, who, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who, I, I have to ask who at NASA was was it, did they have the brilliance to make that collaboration happen, or did it was did a really fun happen? project where they um, they actually had no idea that I was uh, I was working <laughs> on my astronomy songs. It was kind of this this beautiful timing situation because I, I was already 
already knee deep in writing my total eclipse, my total, total solar eclipse song, which was um, just a few months before that. And, um, and so somebody reached out, um, a gentleman named Joby, and uh, he was gathering, I think it was three composers to try to write pieces of music inspired by the Cassini spacecraft. And so I was fortunate enough to be one of those folks. And it's, it's you know, it's more of a, a prompt for creativity. And uh, I think NASA and JPL are, are, um, doing a really good job at inspiring artists to to create around these uh, these beautiful um, machines and discoveries that they're making. That's awesome. Yeah, like awesome, awesome. I, I, my my respect for NASA and admiration, like the fact that we can have arts and sciences playing together <laughs> at the same. Yes. That's that's what we need. Like that, it's a bulk. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well. They're- you you do such i mean the intentionality the 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 way that you approach these projects it's it's really wonderful and as an artist oh, thank you yeah that that's a gift to be able to do that i know you as a person and you're like one of the kindest humans on the planet probably that oh man thank yeah, you wow. certainly that i've ever experienced how do put you put that on my business card put that i, I am a kind <laughs> human how how do you enter your studio where you are giving yourself wholly as an artist to dream about composing the soundtrack of space and then be this super kind human that, that you have been created to be and then walk out into the world that we're experiencing that has so many beautiful things but so much brokenness? How are you able to go in and out of that space. I'm just trying to imagine how do you do it? How do you how do you close the door to the studio and take a breath and and enter that space and and kind of suspend or set aside? Do you suspend or set aside or do you just take it all with you? How do you do that? I think I I, I look at all of it as a as a, a different language that I have the privilege of speaking. And music feels like not only my, my personal journal, it's how I process everything, whether it's songs about space or that, that's where I process my wonder and my awe, like my, my external, you know, um, gratitude for all that's going on in, in the, the universe that we get to be a part of. And then on the flip side for some of the introspective pieces of music that I write, like songs inspired by the Enneagram or our five senses, those songs, I get to explore all that internal stuff. And, um, I feel like using the language of music is this really, um, I would like to make it uh, this more romantic idea, <laughs> but most of the time I go down to the studio and I, I do just fully struggle. <laughs> you know? So I do feel like writing music, like writing, uh, anything is, uh, or creating anything is, is probably, you know, uh, I don't know the exact metrics behind it, but it's probably 98% struggle and wrestling and then two percent <laughs> you know, success <laughs> where you're like oh yeah uh, that it was worth it all right uh, that six week period where i felt like everything i was writing was garbage uh. produced this one lyric that i like or this one piece of music that i like and actually for astronomy it is really um it's a little bit of a breath of fresh air in that way too because i put so little pressure so I, I don't even have a campaign around when these songs come out these are these are purely like they will release on the date that the astronomical event and i'll be like surprise here's a song yeah. <laughs> and so 
as opposed to um, my Atlas series where I have announced, you know, themes and, and um, some, some uh, different dates that these songs are going to come out. And so I'm kind of racing deadlines and, and I have a, I have a long um, train track that I'm following of, of musical inspiration for those things. But this, it's such a, such a quick thing. And it, that actually, that I feel like it flips the tables on that, uh, that percentage of how much is wrestling and how much is, actually feeling you know <laughs> like like speaking that language of music um for these astronomy songs it actually works where uh, it just feels like fun and it just feels like like i get to i get to i get to look up at, at the stars and pretty much know nothing about them even though i'm a space geek and I, I love researching as much as possible but what it really comes down to is i don't know that much at all about any of this <laughs> yeah. you know i, I know uh, a fraction of what is known which is a fraction of what is real you know and uh um so it, i feel like that gives me permission to just just explore and just uh completely honor that the wonder of of uh, that that childlike um experience that you talked about it, that's this is where i get to play and uh that's really fun so it and it, i actually feel like it serves my other music too in the way that it um having you know having written one of these pieces of uh space inspired music and have it be such a fun event and then going straight into writing a song that i've been working on for three or four months straight and trying to you know bang my head against the wall until something clicks in the lyrics uh it, it somehow gives a a little bit of a respite which gives me more energy towards those those types of songs so uh, again the outward inspires the the inward there's a flow to that um, that to to get to experience creativity like that where you're you are able to process and it is your journal and you're able to to have that is that special artists are nodding their yeah. head going yeah I live that reality many of us don't we don't we're not artists and so we don't have that same language we do that in our own ways but yeah. in in our day today, there's so much brokenness, so much hurt, and many of us don't have a studio to walk into and close the door. But we had a moment the other day, a few weeks ago, NASA and SpaceX did this launch where Bob and Doug, now they're household names at our, our house. Yeah. Like, what are Bob and Doug doing? Well, <laughs> they successfully launched Bob and Doug into orbit. And there was something, we, we were gathered around the TV watching that with the kids. And again, magical. You know, they just, yep. they were in awe. And they watched the acceleration of the rocket. Like, it started to move toward like 16,000 miles an hour or something. And you could just yeah. see the, their wonder just kind of washed over them. And maybe that's what it is. So, I'm going to ask you to respond maybe from an artist, since you said you don't know everything about, all things about space. But why do you think that reaching out and and touching the heavens like we watched bob and doug get to do even in the most broken times i mean we were in covid there was already racial tension there was so much happening in culture and even in our own little house here with our kids and yet in that moment again wonder just watches over why how why does the how do the heavens have that kind of impact on us what do you think it is about us as creatures I think it jars us out of our very strange ability to make the miracle of life normal. And I think that when you, when you pay attention close enough to 
something like leaving the Earth's atmosphere <laughs> as, a, as a human being. It literally jars all of us out of the this this really strange, um, I think, very you know nearsighted perspective. And uh, I think that 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 wonder. I mean, I know that that's what all all things space kind of does for me. It, it jars me out of my routine it, it adds magic which, which is so sad because magic is literally all around us right like yeah. uh, i'm even I, I constantly am watching my kids and my brain is saying you know that it's a miracle that these little people exist right <laughs> and then the other part of me is like i'm tired and hungry yeah. <laughs> you know and so there's this counterweight always to uh, um to, to the gratitude that i think that we we should try to uh, to be in tune with um, here, and I feel like when, when we pay attention to to uh, the heavens, I feel like we uh, we are it very quickly reminded of this this beautiful reality that we get to live in. Yeah, there's a, a group that put out a, a documentary about just life and origins and things, and it's called the Privileged Planet. And they, these scientists literally did all the calculations of what it takes to have life possible in all these different forms. And their wow, yeah, their work really um, kind of just puts a exclamation point on what you said. Life is a miracle; like it, it really is miraculous. Yep. Every single thing that has to be true for us to be able to to feel and to experience and to have senses and. It's a it's a literal miracle, and if yeah. for everybody who's listening, Ryan just kind of brought us into a, a holy moment right there to just remember, like no matter how much is going on, th- the fact that we're processing what's going on is miraculous. the The fact that we're absolutely feeling it at like an emotional level and able to then cognitively like try to reason with it. These are there's miracle upon miracle upon miracle and we can't lose the wonder. We can't lose the wonder. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting that, that children are so good at constantly being in that space of wonder. And so I feel like, like the space and and children, they they remind us of uh, this thing that we already knew. They, They help us remember yeah, the, the the gift of wonder and the gift of uh, the, this miracle that we get to be walking around thinking about stuff. It's, it's crazy. It is crazy. Well, <laughs> one of the things we were walking around thinking about, we, t- we talked about this way out on the other side of the country at the edge of the Pacific Ocean. And I remember sitting there against the backdrop of the crashing Pacific and this beautiful landscape of the Northwest and this idea of the creator creature or creature creator recalibration that there's something like you said that gets off we get narrow in our focus and we forget and in order to truly love ourselves to truly love our neighbor to truly be fully human we have to be as you said jarred something has to jar us wake us up to get us out of that center so that we can it seems weird but we can be small again in in the whole big we can let the big story kind of surround us and that's that's important to the human experience for sure it really is it really is yeah if, uh, in 2020 is quite a jarring <laughs> if you think about it in so many different ways yeah. and, uh, that, that leaves me hopeful you know i hope that that jarring results into a a more beautiful whole reality yeah 
What, what in the process of doing this project, can you remember a moment where you felt that kind of jarring, where, where you were unsettled, even maybe surprised for a second at something you discovered, whether it was something you were reading or when you were in that moment, I can imagine the air in the room with these people yeah. who had worked so hard on this NASA project and then they're watching their work like right before their yes. eyes. Like, Take us to the moment that you felt that kind of jarring and you, the, the, you were immersed in the miracle. Yeah, I was I was really lucky that the idea for this project led into the the total solar eclipse, uh, for one, because that was the very first piece of music. And so, as I said, I wrote that piece of music, and I was very inspired by even hearing people's reactions to to previous um, eclipses, I guess, observations throughout history, and how how big of a deal it has meant to people that have witness like a total solar eclipse and so getting to do that at the beginning of this project where i was already super inspired by space um and, and then showing up and and enjoying those those precious few minutes of totality uh, that was like that truly one of the top three or four moments of my entire life like the the experience i don't know if you got to observe the, the eclipse Did, where, wherever you were was it in totality we didn't get to see the totality that it, it was happening in oregon and i was wishing so much like we could see it yeah. from their perspective and be with family but we we were not able to see it i just wanted to be in that mo i mean totality is just yeah. an incredible word so yeah, and, yeah whenever totally. you can participate in the totality whatever that is i mean of anything yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's true it's so true um i we, uh, a couple friends of mine, um, drove to, I can't remember the exact path that we were on, but we, as I said, we tried to, we tried to find the location where, where totality lasted the longest, which inspired the, the length of that song. And, um, I, there was a lot of hype around it. There was oh, yeah. so much like, we, I was very much looking forward to this. I wrote a score for it. Here I am. And, uh, you know, we're in a field with a bunch of other people <laughs> and, I, I was ready to be let down <laughs> and it ended up being this spiritual experience. It really was like something about the normal of, uh, you know, the, the normal you're in the middle of the afternoon and all of a sudden it's evening. Like mm -hmm. not only does the, the light completely shift in a way that evening and nighttime doesn't cause mm -hmm. there was still like a, a glow around every, every direction. So the, the it, it was so strange to hear, the, the birds and the, the insects, like all of a sudden roaring because oh, yeah. they were confused too. Like, it's like, this is what we're supposed to do right now. And then that last, like, there's something that just completely took my breath away. Like even talking about it gives me chills. Like I, I was so blown away by that experience, even after, you know, hearing so many different stories of, you know, people having these, these really you know, meaningful experiences while watching this these events um and having having seen it myself like that really set me on the trajectory of like yeah i think i'm going to be writing songs inspired by space for the rest of my life yeah <laughs> so and i think that's kind of the that's the heart of this astronomy series is uh volume one just came out which is the question that we've been talking about and then so i i have no end date for this it'll just be it'll just be something i always do and i am kicking oh. myself because the, the the launch a few weeks back i i was sort of planning around writing something for it. And then I just thought, well, maybe on the return param, um, I will, I will write something. So that's, that's my current plan, but watching it would be like, I have a score for this in my heart. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I should have written it out. I should have written it out.
Well, I love that this is an ongoing open-ended project that's encouraging yeah. to all of us. Like, please, oh, please, you. please, please. And yeah, just thank you for taking us to that, that totality moment where the, every, all the night creatures are singing and you're wondering, like, they're wondering, am I supposed to be on right now? It feels like I'm getting yeah. my cue. And we yeah. feel as human creatures like that unsettling. That's for everybody in the conversation. I'm convinced of this, that this, we're supposed to feel that. It's, it's part yeah. of our being to feel that smallness, that unsettledness, that proximity to something. Rudolf Otto is an old theologian philosopher, and he describes it this way. He says, we're meant to have a rational and a non-rational encounter with God. And he calls, wow. he, he speaks of God as the numinous, the, this ominous kind of unsettling creature that's, you know, C.S. Lewis said safe, but not, or he's good, but not safe. Like, we're supposed to have a rational encounter and a non-rational encounter with this being. Yes. And there's, wow. you can't fake it. That's for everybody who's listening. You can't manufacture it. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta step out and do it. Immerse yourself, look to the heavens, push to the edge yep. of an ocean, like get deeper into the water to the point that as a creature, you get that sense of wonder and awe and smallness. Like, thank you for yes. just, just provoking that in us. Even the curiosity with space to say, oh, no, I'm going to look further. I'm going to, I'm going to look yeah, further. I'm going to see you. more. Yeah, we need it. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, it's it is a it's humility is what it feels like when I'm um, I'm <laughs> I'm reminded to be much more uh, in tune with humility when you realize that you are a a speck on a speck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> yeah. you see things like that. I, I think it it really does help to uh, to constantly have my uh, my 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 vision set on uh, on looking to the stars. It helps me in my own in my own groundedness and helps me uh, realize how incredibly small um, all of us are. Yeah. And it's wild in our smallness. There's this incredible, it's like you know, a molecule, a DNA strand, like it's so yep. small. And yet all of this creativity and all this potential and all this, the reverberations of beauty that came from this one project, this one moment in Astronomy Volume 1 that, that caught me where I heard this thing that made me smile, that comes from us, these small creatures. And Bach, Bach said, music's only purpose should be for the glory of God, and, the, and I love this, the recreation of the human spirit. And so, I, wow. I, I couldn't yeah. miss the opportunity. I was like, okay, I'm going to be on with a composer. And so Bach says that music's only purpose should be for the glory of God and the recreation of the human spirit. As a composer, wow. what do you think? Put yourself in his shoes. What's he pulling on in that in those words? The recreation. Oh my of the goodness! Human spirit. Well, I've never heard that quote, and that's so beautiful. I, I I would my my first gut is that's the that's the language. Like music can say things that our words can't. And uh, something something about the combination of chords, which is so interesting because. The vocabulary of music is really only 12 notes, you know, <laughs> so there's not, there's not a lot to, uh, there's not a lot of words to play with in, in, in that language. Um, and, and yet it really can communicate uh, things that are, our mouths can't somehow. And, uh, and it's interesting too, the way that music can get under people's skin in the way that like words are incredibly powerful, but somehow in that combination of, either words and music or just music on its own. Um, it, 
it just reaches people. My mom has always said like music reaches people uh, when, when they don't allow any other voices in music, music's one of the only, only things that they will allow in. And I think that that's, that has been true in my own life. And um, it feels like a, a, a real privilege to get to, to try to make music and, and play around in that vocabulary. Yeah. Well, you're, that's, it's exactly what I love using the language or the word language for music that it speaks in this other, this other sphere that's able to communicate to us and help us communicate when nothing else can. And your music absolutely does that. Music does that. And so even, even if you're listening in the conversation and you're, you're like, something's stirring in me here's maybe just a a nudge for you go go dive in a little bit deeper and push a little further into the arts and and just maybe explore some music that you maybe wouldn't normally put on in the car and see where it takes you or put something else on uh, you know in the background at dinner tonight or when your kids are getting up in the morning just watch how it speaks because it really does. There's a language that's speaking through music and you'll be amazed to watch how it can give language and help unlock things in you. So pull on that thread because music does it and sleeping at last, the entire catalog of music is is this kind of art. So go find it. And yeah, it's good. It's super good. And I'll give you a taste of what I mean. This is from Saturn. And this is probably in all your music and in all music, I'll just say that, one of the most beautiful songs for me that I've, I've heard. And here's, here's what you write. Um, you write this, With shortness of breath, I'll explain the infinite, how rare and beautiful it truly is that we exist. I couldn't help but ask for you to say it all again. I tried to write it down, but I, couldn't fi- but I could never find a pen. I'd give anything to hear you say it one more time that the universe was made just to be seen by my eyes. I can barely read that without crying. And I have that same, I've heard that song over and over and over and I can, and I have that same experience every single time I hear those words. Wow. Thank you. Share a little bit of what's behind them just to pull on this thread about music's ability to, to recreate the human spirit. Yeah, yeah, that song was such a, a joy to write, even though it is it is a song about saying goodbye to a loved one, and uh, so it is holding this this very difficult thing of, of death, and while at the same time holding exactly what we're talking about, the reverence of of being these these little tiny miracles in, a, in a, an enormous galaxy, in an enormous universe. Um, with with meaning and so um, I, I loved it, when I was writing those lyrics I loved the idea of almost like it's like this I wouldn't say self-centered but uh, to the universe was made just to be seen by my eyes I feel like that's how we're all supposed to feel mm-hmm. um, not that it is like you shouldn't see it <laughs> you know just I should um, but I feel like we're here and um, I, I feel like we're here to have that, that much um, love poured into us that, that we can feel that way where we would be able to observe this incredible gift of, of life and this gift of the, the universe around us. Um, and, and in a way that 
recognizes how how tiny we are, but at the same time, it was all made just to be seen by our eyes. That, there's something about that that felt that felt like it touched on a little bit of that reverence uh, that Father Richard Rohr talked about, and um, in thinking about my kids, and in thinking about um, uh, just how I feel having been raised with with a lot of love in my life and and as i said in the context of saying goodbye to a loved one it felt like um, um the, the the right sequence of words to try to touch something that's incredibly hard to touch mm-hmm. <laughs> which is um, the death and it, 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 that song took on a lot of uh, uh trying to put words to something that has no words yeah you know? So it was my attempt to try to process through death and um, our our place in the universe. Well, it's that it's really holy ground. I think that's the feeling when I say you know it brings tears. It evokes something deep within you every time you hear it. Every time I hear it, and I think it is because you take us right to that space where we don't travel to very often, especially in our culture. Mm. That that stays kind of distant we're not sure about it we don't know what to do with it and it's hard to be in that space yeah yeah so yeah Absolutely. it's we're Thank gonna you for saying that. we're gonna close out later with that so just you'll hear it at the end but this what a beautiful song in a way to kind of put an exclamation point on this tension between humility and the smallness of our being in this immersed in this incredible universe and yet the power and the potential of our being. It's, it's amazing. So thank you. Just to kind of round it out as we, as we move to a close, as we go and, and people maybe for the first time engage Astronomy Volume 1, maybe they are brand new to it, maybe they're going to engage it with fresh ears coming out of this conversation. Yeah. Just give us some pro tips. Some, what are a couple things that we can listen for, maybe together? I thought this might be a fun exercise, hearing from you and then us going and listening again to Astronomy Volume 1. What are some things that you could say, hey, listen for this because it's in there. And I'd love for us to be able to listen together later on in all our different spaces going... I, I heard it. I heard it. Kind of like we're looking and uh, trying to find something in the stars. Can can you point us in a couple yeah. directions to some things that we can hunt for as we go back to it? Absolutely. So I, I talked a little bit about total solar eclipse. So the, the reason I chose to to record uh, the, I think it was like 20 or 30 voices uh, as, a, as a choir, something about the primal feeling of observing your your environment shifts so quickly i, I imagine what it what might have felt like you know a, a thousand years ago <laughs> and so it's something about it like you typically when you think about space music you think about um computer instruments you know and i, I certainly use quite a few of those in here too um, but for that song i wanted to kind of start this whole project out in this really human space it's 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 humans observing what's going on uh, in the universe around us. And so um, that's kind of the intentionality behind Total Solar Eclipse. And then we move on to Cassini, the grand finale it's called. Um, and that piece of music you will hear, that was really fun. So the, the Cassini flight path that um, that the, the spacecraft took when from the launch until it was uh, retired in 2017, um, I, I, I tracked it through in, in musical uh, terms. I, I used each of my songs that were named after the planets. I used, I kind of created like a, 
um, a new piece of music that used each of the motifs from uh, from these planet songs, uh, almost to kind of document the flight path. Mm. So when it passes. Um, Jupiter, you hear a little bit of a melody from Jupiter when the spacecraft passes. Uh, um, it actually obviously ends in Saturn. And uh, so that kind of, uh, kind of adapted some of those earlier space songs that are part of my Atlas project, um, those, those planetary songs, and, uh, and kind of pulled together a new piece of music, this, this long um, journey that the, the Cassini spacecraft took. And then if you listen closely, you'll be able to hear some of the initial launch recordings uh, throughout that NASA have, has released. Um, and so you'll hear some of those, those actual recordings of the, whether it's the countdown or these little, um, uh, little notes and sounds that they've recorded even um, from the, the satellite that sent back some, some different processed um, information. So I use that kind of scatter those throughout and weave them into this piece of music and, um, uh, the Gemini meteor shower is next, and that is a collection of little tiny. I wanted I wanted these little piano melodies to sound like uh, like a meteor shower. So you, there's never really a melody that stays and and hangs out. It's just sort of these shooting stars constantly. <laughs> so you hear a little. Uh, so that's kind of the intention behind that. Is really fun. Um, I'm so, I won't go through all of these, but. Um, I don't want to bore everyone. I'm <laughs> doing a so full good. on skip forward. <laughs> this is so good. It's fun. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you. And uh, um, I'm trying to remember. So uh, there's quite a few in Kepler. Good night. You'll hear and an opportunity mission complete. Those uh, those two NASA inspired pieces of music. You'll hear some some actual NASA recordings spread out through uh, through those as well. Um, as I mentioned before, image of a black hole. You can actually hear. The, the image um, that was processed through musically. So you'll hear that at the start of this, it's called Poehi, wow. uh, image of a black hole. Um, so you'll hear that at the start and it kind of ends, starts and ends with that. And that one is really fun to work on because, you know, you think of a black hole, you just think of this large, destructive, horrible thing. <laughs> and I, I thought like, no, that image doesn't make me feel that way. Yeah. Uh, seeing this image pulled together for the first time, it made me feel like this is, there's something magical about it, and I wanted to I wanted to write something that kind of spoke to that rather than the, the darkness of a of a black hole. So this is um, yeah yeah. So um, I I uh, I'm trying to think if there's there's yeah I love putting Easter eggs into music. It's one of my favorite parts of the the creative process. And until the last few years, I, I started my own podcast called the Sleeping Last Podcast, where I get to detail each of these things um, throughout each of the new songs that I've been releasing, whether it's the Enneagram songs or my, uh, my astronomy pieces of music. And it's been really fun, but I've always put these little tiny Easter eggs hidden in every song, uh, whether it's those, you know, the, uh, for astronomy, it's these little NASA recordings or launch pieces of music or, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. It just keeps me so... Um, keeps me playful rather than just building a, a piece of furniture <laughs> you know I'm, I'm building a piece of furniture and putting in some little embellishments you know yeah. I'm, I'm carving out some designs in there too so well, um, yeah so it's been a really fun thing 
It's so fun. And here's the homework for everybody who hears this. Here's the homework. Get get Astronomy Volume 1 and go full-on radio and just get your kids, get your get your friends, get a grab a couple people from the neighborhood and seriously do this. Just listen and let your mind, maybe even do it at night, listen and let the heavens be above you and just have fun listening for these little moments, these meteor showers and these piano moments and the little recordings from NASA and even in COVID, man, we're all homeschool teachers now. So make it a science project. Yep. Like this can be astronomy <laughs> volume one, your homework, but let's have some that. fun. And thank you for those Easter eggs. Go find Ryan's podcast. Cause this is the fun stuff about getting to share time with you as an artist to mm. hear kind of what goes into it and those things that maybe we would never know, but we love and they're, per- they're, they're perfect and they, they, they have their effect on us, but we don't know what's happening. So this is really oh, cool. cool. And thank you so much, Zach. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel it. I feel that weight lifted and that was my hope for today. It's just anytime I hear music um, does that. And I knew that the conversation would, I just feel like I can take a breath. And I, I smiled uh, so many times during the conversation and I know we will. And so many people will as they listen. So Aww. thank you. Thank you for the time. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming me into that. I really appreciate it. Yeah. As we go back now into those spaces, into the world that we inhabit and it's waiting for, us and we've had a chance to take a breath and our spirit's been recreated as Bach says a little bit maybe just give us a last word from you um, blow on that ember a little bit on that that recreation of our spirit and what word or theme is is on your heart or mind is as you imagine all of us who we just kind of took a collective breath together and now we're about to go okay we're back into it to come up with new creative things for our kids or have a tough conversation in our neighborhood or with our city council or lean into the cultural moment as we go to intersect heaven and earth just speak right to that moment give us some encouragement as we go back out yeah i the word i i immediately popped in my mind was just to notice to, to pay attention that's what i've been trying to do especially as throughout the, the heaviness of the world i feel like i feel like paying paying closer attention um, getting jarred outside of our normal is really good it's really good for our souls it's good for our, our hearts and I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that in spite of so many difficult things this year that we will have a better practice at paying attention. And uh, um, that's, that's what I'm, I'm chasing after is to constantly um, pour more and more energy into that curiosity and, and wonder and just learning. I, I, I never want to stop learning. And I, I, don't, I don't think I get the choice, but <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I want to... Um, embrace that. I want to. I want to lean into that as as much as I possibly can. And uh, I, uh, I think that there's a there's a beautiful Mary Oliver poem that kind of speaks to that. And um, I can't remember the exact, but I know she says, "Pay attention, be astonished." And I, mm-hmm. I feel like I've been holding that um, deeply in my in my heart, especially in 2020. Yeah. So there's a lot of things to be disappointed in, <laughs> and there's there's a lot of things to also um, there's a there's some beautiful things I think that will um, hopefully follow these dark uh, these dark places. Yeah, pay attention and be astonished. 
what a beautiful, beautiful way to end the conversation. Thank you. Um, there was a Lord back in the day when we got to have Lords like this, who was a guest and a friend of the composer Handel. And he found his way to Handel after a performance that Handel had, had done. And after the show, he comes up and he congratulates him on a quote-unquote fine performance. And Handel replies to the Lord, My Lord, I should be sorry if I only entertain them. I wish to make them better. And wow, Ryan, yeah. yeah, Ryan, that it's not a stretch to tell you that that's exactly what your music does. For all of us who've been touched by it, we've been made better by you sharing your gift and so we're deeply grateful keep your vision up as i say and stay in that space of astonishment and childlike wonder and so just that you can keep filling the world with the extraordinary life and beauty that you do we're super grateful thank you so so much truly it's it's an absolute honor to get to talk yeah well thanks let's do this we normally wouldn't do this but here's what i'm going to do i'm going to take us out of here with saturn so hang with me and for everybody who's listening this is sleeping at last uh ryan's song saturn and let's just let this beauty kind of invite us back out into that place of, of astonishment and wonder thanks ryan thank you Surely
Thank you for listening. Make sure to go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe to Lab the Podcast. You can rate and review us there. And then follow me at Zach J. Elliott or on my website, www.zachjelliot.com. I'll see you again for our next lab session. And until then, here's to more life and more beauty.